Bible Church, where y'all at this morning? Come on. Hey, listen, man, we are so thankful that you're here. Turn to somebody right now and say, dude, happy Thanksgiving. Give them a little love. Come on. And listen, I am so thankful for you because you really are an amazing group of people that have been loving on us for, can you believe it, 14 years. Come on, give some church a little love. You're part of that. Yeah. It's going to be pretty awesome. We're going to do a little history. We're going to go back in time a little bit, and then we're going to celebrate what's going on right now. But I just want to tell you, you truly are a blessing to us. And when I count my all of my long list of what I'm grateful for, you're at the top of that list, so I just love you so much. We're in a new series. It's called Holiday Survival Guide. How's your holidays going so far? Come on, be honest. Let me know. Mm, that's about normal. <laughs> about 20 people going, woo, the rest of you are going, good Lord, get me through it. Well, here's what I have figured out. If you're going to get through the holidays, how do you survive? Are you ready for this? This is breaking news. Simple as this. Just eat. Can I get an amen on that? For example, you got family coming to town, maybe you like them, maybe you don't. Don't judge. Maybe they're with you right now. Keep looking forward, all right? And if you're going, oh, man, Uncle so-and-so's coming in or aunt or this, what's going on? If nothing else, when it gets to Thanksgiving this week, you have pumpkin pie with whipping cream. Can I get an amen on that? So you got to look for something positive. You go, okay, that'll be fun. And then you think about Christmas, which is right around the corner as well. And you're thinking, oh, man, I hope I get my favorite gift. And let's be honest, maybe somebody forgets. It doesn't happen. At least you got honey-baked ham. Can I get an amen on that? Look how good that looks right there. I'll make you hungry, so I better get you out of here early. But when I think about honey-baked ham, let me tell you something else I'm thankful for. Is last week, I called you out, and I said, hey, help me as we help dads on duty serve Southwood High School. And you showed up in force. You made it happen. You solved the problem. Can you give yourselves a little love on that right there? That is weak, son. Let's try that one more time. Can you give yourself a little love right there? Come on, y'all. Let me, let me tell you why it matters, all right? Let me tell you why it matters. There's 150 faculty and staff over at Southwood that wanted to be reminded that they mattered and what they were doing uh, was an encouragement to this community. And when we showed up, Honey Baked Ham, Bill, one of my Southwood grads, showed up over there with me. Uh, Lee, a Captain Shreve grad, come on Gators, he showed up and cooked all the gumbo. We just had a ton of people willing to go serve them. And here's just a little insight of what that looked like. Could not do it without you. Thank you. Watch. That's right, Justin. I'm out here at Southwood High School. It has been amazing to see how the Simple Church came together to support Southwood this weekend. We have gumbo, we have rice, we have bread, we have ham sliders from Honey Baked Ham, um, so many Southwood alumni, but then you just Simple Church filled my pockets with money. Canes even showed up, brought us tea. So tell me why you wanted to be a part of something like this today. Well, we saw, I was watching church uh, Sunday and Brian was saying something about it. And so I texted Brian yeah. and said, hey, we can do this. Yeah. So I think cooking brings people together. It does. And you made how many gallons? 10, 10 gallons of gumbo. 10 gallons of gumbo, y'all. It was the biggest pot I've ever seen in my life. It's good too. So we're so super, super grateful for how you guys love our community so well and are always willing to do good and do it quickly. So thanks so much for doing good. Come on right there. Give it up for them one more time. Lee, the guy that's from Captain Shreve, he is also a Marine. Hoorah! Come on, give it up for the Marines coming through. He learned to cook like that out there, serving our country. He brought that gift right back. So just can't not thank you enough. For all of those that are watching online, it just reminds us once again, there's a lot of people. Lee is somebody who watches online. Uh, so Lee, thank you, man, so much for really volunteering your time and cooking. It was an 
unbelievable gumbo is where all the people are going, man, this is really, really good. Homemade, and you can't do it without people getting involved and giving their time and their resources. So thank you for doing that. And as you've probably already figured out, in America, it doesn't matter, you know, if it's every day, but particularly around the holidays, food is a huge part of what we do. But really, when it comes to holidays, it's massive. There's a lot of fun traditions that happen in there. I just saw my Mimi coming in, and this is one of our favorite traditions in our house, Mimi's cookies. Can I get an amen on that, son? It's just traditions, man. She's always had this tradition in her family of cooking these special Christmas cookies, and now I get to eat a lot of those with Borden's chocolate milk. Mm, so good. And not only do we do Christmas cookies, we have Big Daddy frying a turkey at Thanksgiving. Can I get an amen on that? Come on, y'all. That's good stuff. Because these are traditions that maybe you and your family have. Maybe you're already kind of preparing for that because that's the way the American is. Man, we're always looking forward to gathering as a family and carrying on these traditions. And just a little trivia for you, that fried turkey right there, I've wondered, you know, who started this or when did it get started? Some people say the 1980s, but, you know, I did a little more research. 1930s by none other than Justin Wilson. Come on, Louisiana, there you go. We know how to fry stuff. But pretty cool when you have traditions and family coming in. And we were talking on the pre-show, me and Evan, as everybody's got their recipes. And it's just fun because it's something that brings us together. And that's what was so awesome at Southwood. That food brought everybody together. And we're just so thankful that you partner with us to let us do that. And Dad's on duty. He's doing an amazing job over there. So they were serving, and we were all cutting up. It's just a great way food can really bring you together. Uh, but it is bigger than the South. It's not just us down the South that love to eat and come together and have fun with that. It's an American thing. All across America, we have people watching in all parts, Kansas City and Dallas and Minnesota and Alaska, and now we have Hawaii. And I mean, there's so many people, and y'all already know wherever you are, there are traditions that you like in your areas as well. And this is what it'll look like this week. I mean, people will gather around a table, man, they'll be putting the turkey out and, you know, enjoying that family time. And then Christmas, what do we do? Not only, you know, we gather around again. It's always about getting together and enjoying those meals. Well, I, in my limited life, I grew up majority of my time in Shreveport, Bossier, moved to Nashville for about a year. Um, and when I was growing up, this was all I've really experienced. It was the holidays, the American style, eating food and enjoying that. But because of the Simple Church, uh, I had the opportunity to get outside of that world a little bit, to go worldwide. And what I figured out as I traveled around the world was that America really is blessed, and we have a lot to be thankful for, because when you look beyond our borders, food really is a life and death thing. Yes, it's affected here in our communities. There are kids that are hungry, and it's still very, very challenging uh, for many people in America. But what I realized is there's a whole nother world that I had never seen and never experienced. The first trip that it really rocked my world, I had seen kids in school hunger. We try to help with those, and you'll see that in a video in a couple of minutes. We try to do snack packs for kids in school, um, you know, that don't have family, that can't provide for that. We, we understand all of that's going on in America. But what rocked my world is when I went from just watching something on TV to walking among children in a third world country. In 2009, uh, Simple Church took the first trip to Rwanda, Africa. And I'm going to play the video. There's no audio. It's just the images of the first place that we stopped. And there was about 5,000 people that showed up in this remote village. And I asked Deborah, our translator, I'm like, Deborah, what's going on? And she was like, Justin, this is the only way 
that these families will have food. And I'm like, what do you mean? She said, well, it's remote because we were very remote. And these people would walk from all over uh, the Rwanda area. And they would come in. And in that moment, they would be looking for some way to provide for their family. I took this picture myself of this little boy right here because this is the one that stuck with me. And you may say, well, he's got on a girl's shirt. You've got to understand something. In a third world country, it is survival. It is not trying to have fun. It's not about traditions. It's not about enjoying the meals. It's about how can I survive and what I put on my back and what I put in my stomach. And they literally then walk from place to place trying to figure that out. So we had never truly experienced that. We had seen it. We had heard about it. But then once you get there, you realize that this little boy right here was responsible for taking his food back to his family, and his family sent him there. And you go, well, where's his dad? You know, what's going on with that? Well, it was the genocide in the 90s. Many, many of those parents were murdered. And so the grandparents were murdered, and so then the kids, the whole family cycle is broken down, and so it just keeps getting worse and worse. And so people are trying to figure that out. Well, as I told you back in 2009, if you're new to Simple Church, we started this a long time ago where I would try our best, we would try our best to educate you and let you know why it's important to care because these are real people. It's not just things on television. It's real families. It's real individuals going through some of the hardest things you couldn't possibly imagine because not only did we see it in this remote village, then we went back to the city of Kigali, big city in Rwanda, and there's street kids there. This next pictures and next video is when they gathered around us. All of these children, no parents, come up looking for one meal, that cup that you see there represents the only meal they get for the entire day. So when you think about America, you think about where we are, is it's not that bad yet. For some kids, yes, not the majority, because there are systems in place. There's government things in place. There are ways to help. But here in Rwanda, in this third world country, no. That was it. And this Christian organization put together, and they would cook the one meal. And I can still hear those kids just like we tap the cup for an icy to try to get every drop out of an icy, they would bang those cups on those wooden benches to get every drop out of those cups so that they could survive for another day because that was it. And those memories of the cups of the kids of the faces stuck in my mind and messed me up. And so you want to know what the Simple Church is about and why it's different and what makes us different? This is just one example Many of us in America, we're so focused on ourselves. we're so focused on what we want. To be honest, kids, parents, all of us, we're so selfish that we don't really think about that. And matter of fact, if it comes on the television, what we do is we turn the channel because we don't want to look at that. And then we'll just go, I don't want to think about that, I ain't going to worry about that, I don't want to have to, let's just move on. Even today, as I start talking about it, it's uncomfortable for some of us in the room. You're going, man, oh, I should have picked another week because I was looking forward to my turkey. You're still going to enjoy your turkey. You're still going to enjoy your family time. But what I hope to do today is help you to know why you should care. Because many of you are asking the same question, why in the world would I care about this? I mean, it's not my world. I mean, I pray for them. I'm sorry that it's happening. But we got our own problems, and I got my own problems. I'm not going to worry about that. Well, I'm going to give you a couple of reasons. Biblically, you really should care. And this is what messed with me. So as I'm telling you, I am not there yet either. And I have been working on it since really before 2009. When we launched Simple Church, I was like, man, I have got to try my very best with what life I have left 
to make a difference and do everything I can to honor Jesus so that when we see him, he'll say, man, you did a good job. I had spent 16 years in a traditional church going through traditional things, worried about worship music, worried about dress, worried about buildings, a lot of the things that we've all grown up with. And there's nothing wrong with all that. But in the moment for me, something changed when I went to Mexico for the first time. I went to Mexico for the first time with my wife and I took a bunch of high schoolers there when I was a student pastor. And it messed me up. It changed me. It's from that point on, it began to mess with me, even up to the point to launch in the church to say, we're not going to do it the traditional way. And I'm not talking about just music and sermons. I'm talking about ministry. I'm talking about trying to get a group of people to see things differently and act differently. And you go, well, why? Here's one passage of why, Matthew 25. This is Jesus speaking. And he's talking about the ultimate day that we make it to heaven. Lord willing, we've asked Christ to come in our life. We accept the free gift of salvation that he died on the cross. He shed his blood. And we get there. And we walk in and we go, wow, we've made it. And Jesus is actually given this story of saying, hey, this is one way that I'm separating people. Now, you can take that with him because theology-wise, it blows my mind and messes with me. Because this one passage is one of the most powerful passages in the scriptures to me. And you go, well, how did you find it? You're not going to believe this, but a rock and roll guy by the name of Bono. That's exactly where I found it. I actually ran across a viral video of Bono in a taxi talking to a driver, explaining why this verse, this message messed him up. And then I went and looked at it myself because I had grown up in church, but we kind of glossed over it, honestly. We kind of didn't really want to talk about it because it didn't fit into what we were trying to accomplish. But this, I look at this now and I'm like, this is why. Look, the king will say to those on his right, he's in heaven and Jesus is saying, now the crowd's divided up and we're moving some to the right and some to the left. And on the right are the ones that are going to make it. Those are the ones coming to heaven. He said, come and receive the kingdom that was prepared for you before the world was created. This is the moment we're all waiting for. Woo, we made it. Thank God. It's, this is the heaven that has, we've been waiting on. And as they get there, he's like, well, how did we get there? How did we make it? And he comes on and say, for the first thing he says, because when I was hungry, you gave me something to eat. You can go look this up, but this will mess with you. He doesn't say because you went to church. He didn't say you went to church camp. He, it wasn't because you sang songs. It wasn't because you were just, you know, this amazing church kid. It was because, hey, man, you thought about people other than yourself. Now, this is written thousands of years ago by our Savior. These are the words out of his mouth. And someone knew that it was so, so important, they wrote it down. This particular beat is Matthew. Matthew's writing it down, going, man, this is going to matter. And 2,000 years later, it matters. There are people still that are hungry. And Jesus knew that this is going to be a problem until he returns again. And what he hoped and what his plan was, was not a government plan to come in and solve this, but that his followers would solve this. That the Jesus followers would go, you know what? If Jesus said it, I believe it, and I'm going to live this out. Now, here's the thing. When I grew up in a traditional church, we would say that all the time for things that were convenient for us. Jesus said it, so that's what I do, and that's how I'm going to live. I'm like, well, why are we leaving this one out? Why are we not rearranging our schedules? Why are we not trying to figure out how to help people that are less fortunate, whether they're in our communities or around the world? And so in this 14-year journey of Simple Church, I am very grateful for you because as I'm working through this and it's tearing me apart and I'm seeing this, 
And I told you about it. You joined together as a church, and we were able to do things that no individual could do. We were able to actually believe that this mattered, that when we get to heaven, Jesus will ask you and me. You don't get a pass. You don't go like, well, hey, man. I, no, we all are a part of this. So this is where you can sit back and go, well, have you ever given a symbol church? If you have, you can thank God because we're committed to it. Have you ever been a part and given some time to help other people less fortunate? Thank you because we're trying to organize that so that you can be a part of it. And what I did this past week is I was reflecting and being grateful for all of the things that I've seen God do through you, through us as a partnership. I put together a video. You may not know this, but the media team, Caleb and all them edit everything for the pre-show and all the announcements and all that kind of stuff. But when it's the message, I'm the one who sits down in my office and puts all this stuff together. That's why I chose Steve Hartman all the time too, by the way. <laughs> Made it a little easier on me. So this one is on my own. But the reason I pulled it together is not near as good as Steve Hartman. It's not near as powerful. But all I'm trying to accomplish in this one video is to let you know how thankful I am for you. Because from the very beginning in 2007 when the church launched all the way up until right now, you have been committing to feeding people, to meeting a need, to solving a problem. You want to know what that looks like? You want to know how that works out? You may have forgotten. You may miss the announcements. You may not even be here every Sunday to know what's going on. But this is just a little glimpse into why I am so thankful for you. Watch. I'm thankful, I'm thankful, yes I am. You've been so good that I'll say it again. Oh, I'm thankful, I'm thankful, yes I am. You've been so good that I'll say it again. I'm thankful. Yes, I'm thankful.
Come on, y'all. Give yourselves a little love right there. Thank you. Very, very thankful. All ages, all colors coming together to find ways to encourage others, to meet a need, a simple need, whether they're in a local school or around the world, that, that uh, Haiti video and the chickens, trust me, you've never seen anything like passing out 2,000 chickens to people in the middle of poverty, in the middle of destruction. We went down to Haiti, just one example, that is when the hurricane had come through and blown all of their livestock away. So there's no Walmart, there's no Brookshire's, when we're complaining that our shelves are empty. What do you do in a third world country when there's nowhere to go to get food? And you have your children. And we complain about jobs or we need this or that. What do you do when you go to a country and the government is literally in shambles and there's nowhere to find a job? See, the hope is, is just like you have done, that the church shows up, that Jesus is in the flesh. And how is he doing that? Whether it's a snack pack program in Shreveport, Bossier, or it's Haiti delivering chickens or Rwanda working with Numana, you just want to do what he calls you to do. And that's why he says, hey, when you get to heaven, I promise you, what you do with your time and what you do with your money, it matters more than you'll ever know. And you may think, I'm going to get a pass. It's not going to apply to me. No, unfortunately, it applies to all of us. And that's why I got ruined years ago. And unfortunately, it's a simple church. That's why you don't own buildings. It's because what we try to do with our resources is try to solve problems in the name of Christ, whether that's providing water or food or meeting needs way beyond what you see. And I can't thank you enough for believing in the vision and following it because I promise you one day it's going to matter more than you know. That our real goal, 2007, was not to launch another church, just to have another church. But the idea was simply to change the world, even if it is just for one. And for 14 years, you've done it. You've been on the trips, you've gone to the places to serve, like when you think about common ground right there in Cedar Grove, and you go and provide food for kids that are in need right in those communities. You get it when you see the smiles, when you understand the gratitude that comes from the people that receive in that. I want you to know, it's amazing to me, and I'm humbled by it, and on a Thanksgiving week when we will indulge in food and enjoy all that, I will be sitting at that table thanking God for each and every one of you for making it possible, whether you're online in a whole other state, a whole other country for some of us watching online, or you're in this room, thank you. But I got news for you. You're like, you knew it was coming. Oh, he's turning a corner. Here it comes. We're not done yet. See, some of you are brand new. Some of you are trying to figure it out. Some of you just got here. You're trying to go, all right, now, wait a second. What makes Simple Church so different? It's not just the music. It's not just the preaching style. All of those things can be done by anybody and everybody else. But what I want to do is line up with Scripture so much so that when we come into this place of gathering, I motivate, encourage, and challenge that when you leave, you really are a part of doing whatever needs to be done. And the truth is we can't do it by ourselves. We need your help. See, the Scripture is clear. Ecclesiastes gives you a great reminder of that when it says two people are better than one. We already know that, right? Why? Because you can make things go faster. I put my Christmas lights up yesterday. I was like, Emma, I need you to come help me. And she's like, why, Dad? I'm like, because it's going to go faster. And we could get all of the lights up quicker. And she did. She was like, oh, that did go pretty quick. I'm like, imagine me by myself going up and down the ladder where I can say, just hand it to me. It's common sense. But this now goes beyond common sense into where we are as a church. I can try to have one little small group do it or one half of the church. But what if all of us were a part of that? We can get a lot more done. 
and there's a lot more to do. And then God reminds me. He has a way of going, hey, Justin, don't forget. Don't forget this is important to me. On another trip to Rwanda, uh, we were walking through schools. We work with a lot of schools in Rwanda to help with educators and help them get the best teachers. And, you know, get, even Bossier Parish, for example, do, uh, donated a bunch of textbooks. We delivered all those over there. So we've done a lot with them over the years. But on this particular day, as I'm walking through the classroom, I pick up randomly a kid's notebook. And I begin to read it, and this is what I see. It's a poem written by a child. And the poem is about something that means a lot to them. It's hunger. And he goes on to this whole illustration of how hunger's everywhere. So here's the thing. Think about a child in a classroom and what they're challenged with, what they're thinking about is how hungry they are. It happens in America, no doubt. That's why we try our best to partner with organizations and snack packs and the schools to say, let's try to feed all of our kids. But we can go to Walmart and there are other things that we can pick stuff up. But imagine, if you will, for a second, being in a remote village in Africa where you're sharing pencils because you don't have enough pencils or pens. You're sharing notebooks. You have no textbook. And as the teacher puts out this idea, hey, let's write a poem. This child writes out, it's everywhere. Hunger's in the north, it's in the south. It's everywhere. Hunger, an enemy to us all, is how the child writes. And I thought, all right, God. Okay, God, I get it. All right, God, I needed the reminder. Because the truth is, is if I'm not thinking about it, it kinda, I kind of drift back in just like all of us, into my selfish ways, into what I want, what I deserve, and what I like, and blah, 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 blah. And God's going, no, 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 don't you forget. And today might be just a reminder for you, don't you forget. And here's what we know, the darker the times are, the more we should show up. It's the more that we should shine. See, because it's dark for that kid. So in that moment, you realize, I need to do something. We need to show up. We need to be a part of this. Matthew, again, wrote it down when he was talking about Jesus. He's like, hey, here's what Jesus said. Here's what he's challenging us with, that you, my friends, are the light of the whole world. Not just Louisiana, not just Shreveport, Bossier, but everybody seems to forget that. We remember the songs, we think about it, but no, it's everywhere. You don't get a pass. We have that responsibility in the same way your light must shine before people. So this is the other thing. The church is real good at gathering at conferences, gathering in buildings, but what we want to do and what God, I believe, through Jesus was trying to get us to do was to light the world. How do you light the world? You got to be in the world. So you got to light it before people. you got to show up when it's the darkest. It's the most difficult time. And then this is what's really cool. And this is where we get do good from is a great reminder. Then they will see the good things you do. People are like, well, you know, you can't earn your way into heaven. Look at Matthew 25 because I agree with you. You cannot earn your way. It is a free gift to get into heaven. But I promise you this, faith without works is what? Dead. So the idea is if you're just sitting back on, well, I know I'm going to heaven, then just give me, give me, give me. I promise you, when you see Jesus, he ain't going to be happy. So why do we not own buildings? Why do I keep pushing you to serve and to give? Because I promise you, it matters one day. It matters today, but it matters when you see him. Because then he says, when you do these things, people begin to praise your father. God gets the glory. So this is the challenge for all of us. This is why you go and help teachers. This is why you go and help police officers and nurses and hospitals. This is why you get involved in all of these other things because it's dark in a lot of places. 
That's why I challenge you, get outside of it. Teach your kids. If the future of the church is gathering and singing and hearing sermons, we're in trouble. But if the future of the church is solving problems in the name of Christ and bringing the light to the darkness, what a great future we have. And this is the challenge. And I'll remind you of another example. We've been to Haiti a lot. We sponsor kids in Africa and Haiti and Honduras. We got kids everywhere, but Haiti is a rough situation. When I talk about a dark time, it's one of the darkest of all in 2020 because, as you remember, Hurricane Laura came through and wiped out many people's homes, many people's lives, many people's livestock. This was, in, again, 2020. It was pretty rough. We saw it here and what it did to us. Imagine in a third world country where there is no government. When we're whining and complaining and griping that no one came quick enough, no one comes. What if you're in a country, you're in a world where there is no one to come to rescue you? There is no first responders. It's loving your neighbor. You've got to figure it out. But it's the worst. Your food, your weight, there is no protection. Everything's built horrible. It's the worst. And then imagine if you're in that situation in 2021, your president was assassinated. Any sense of government is immediately thrown into multiple forms of chaos because now you've got a hurricane that's come through and any leadership that's in place now goes into absolute chaos. And if that wasn't enough, so you've had a hurricane come through, you get your president assassinated, and then 7.2 earthquake just a month after the president's uh, assassination. 7.2 wipes out all of the houses, all the neighborhoods. Just when they're trying to come back, they're trying to rally another disaster. Dark. And if that wasn't enough, if you're going like, okay, I get it. No, how about just days after the earthquake? Another tropical storm hits and washes everything and all the debris away in the midst of all that. And oh, there's one other thing that was going on during 2020 that was remind. Oh, yeah, what was that? Oh, yeah, how about COVID? I ain't getting that. You ain't going to force me. I can do what I want to do. Nobody's going to tell me. And here's the thing. I agree. You have the free, you can do anything you want to do. But imagine, if you will, you're in a country where you have no options. You have no hope. And instead of going to a hospital where we have amazing staffs and technology, and even then we were struggling through respirators, imagine where they put you in the street. Imagine where they're trying to put tents up to keep you out of the sun. And it hit me when I was looking at this earlier. Look at this young lady right here. Because the sun's burning you while you're in the bed as you're laying in the street. And I'm thinking, and we think we got problems. And then you think, as in as a church, what we're going to do is worry more about ourselves. Give me, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me. I need more. We need to do this for us. I need more, more, more. When the world, and Haiti's just one small country that is in chaos. And where is the church? Well, the good news is you've been there. Now, you may not have physically been there, but because we care and because we're committed and because we are going to keep fighting for it and why we need you and why you got to get involved, it's because... We have a chance to be a light in the darkness. And when you want to give up and throw in the towel, we're not talking about building stuff for ourselves. We're talking about solving problems that need to be solved that we cannot do alone. And that's why we partner with great organizations. And that's why we take these trips and we donate money and we do everything. Remember, LSU and Oshner Hospital donated supplies to Haiti. <laughs> we went and took all that. And then my cousin Jeff and his girlfriend, they drove it all down because we had to, couldn't get our transportation. So we delivered all of that. Why? Because it matters if you don't have it. 
And you have to step up. You've got to figure out ways to make it happen. Well, right now we're excited to announce that we got another opportunity. All of this is going on right now. This hasn't changed. It's not over. So Mission of Hope is one organization that we're partnering with this Christmas and this Thanksgiving. And this is just a reminder for all of us because we kind of just don't really know. Here's what's going on and why we're excited to try to figure out how to feed these kids in the middle of the darkest time of their life. Watch. The food crisis in Haiti is a serious reality. Millions of Haitians are currently living in a state of food insecurity with no idea where their next meal may come from. From our warehouse in Tita in Haiti, food is distributed all across the country to the most vulnerable. However, Team Hope means more than just a meal. When a child receives a regular meal, it meets a need now, and it changes their future. With food in their belly, a child actually has the energy needed to focus on school. When a child is fed, parents don't have to make the decision to pull their kids away from education to work at a young age. When children have food, they are more free to dream of what they could be when they grow up. They can become electricians, doctors, or mechanics. One day, these kids who receive a meal can get married, raise a family, and care for their loved ones. You can be a part of meeting the basic needs for these children and providing hope for their future. When you are part of Team Hope, your impact is more than a meal. Come on, y'all, give it up for that right there. It's pretty cool what they're doing. And guess what? We get to be a part of it. I have jumped in that very ocean right there. I have swam with those kids. We've delivered food. We've helped with water bottles. Your own kids through SK Kids, Simple Kids, we took water bottles and gave them to all of the schools in that community. And this is the thing. You don't think it matters? I promise you Jesus is going, this is what I'm looking for. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm calling you to. So you go, well, how are we going to shine, Justin? What are you really doing with Mission to Hope? Well, we're going to solve the problem. We're going to solve the problem that desperately needs to be solved in the time of darkness, and that is providing food for the hungry. And you go, well, how are we going to do that? We're going to partner with an organization called Numana. We've partnered with them in the past, but here's what's mind-blowing. Mission of Hope has already given out 6 million meals and emptied their warehouse. Let me say that again. Because of all that crisis you just saw, 6 million meals have already been given out. On one day, December the 12th, we're going to try to pack 40 thousand meals. Can I get an amen on that? Come on, let me get a little amen on that. You go, well, how are we going to do that? We're going to go down to the Hearst Coliseum. We're going to partner with the mud bugs. We're going to let you skate for free. You can have family time. Santa's going to be down there. You have a good time with your family. But while you're down there, what I'm also going to ask is, is that you will go into the agriculture building and that you will take the time to pack a meal for someone. Get your team together. Get your family together. Get your friends together. Get your life group together. And you go, I can give a little bit of time and a little bit of money and Numana is a great organization. You want to know why we love them? Because we've partnered with them on multiple occasions. They make it easy and it's fun. And this is exactly what it looks like if you're going, well, how does that work on December 12th? Watch this. 25,000 people die each day because of hunger-related issues. Six million children every year. That's one every six seconds. 10 every minute. 600 every hour. 
Did you know that there's enough food produced in the world for every person to have 4.3 pounds of food every day? Something sounds wrong with that. It is estimated that nearly a billion people are affected by global hunger. So what can you do? How can you make a difference? With your help, our donors and volunteers, we can package life-sustaining meals that contain the essential ingredients to nourish and support a healthy immune system for children and families around the world. Numana Inc. is a nonprofit 501c3 public charity formed in August 2008 as an international hunger relief organization. Our core capability is facilitating food packaging events across the nation where hundreds to thousands of volunteers serve two to four hour shifts in an assembly line fashion, packaging simple and nutritious meals. Our events also benefit the local food banks in the city of each hosted event. Our meals consist of rice, soy protein, dried pinto beans, and a blend of vitamins and minerals targeted to help the immune system of malnourished people. These ingredients are measured into bags, weighed, sealed, boxed, and prepared for shipment at our events. The cost of each life-sustaining meal is only 30 cents. This covers everything, including the ingredients, packaging, and international shipping of the container. Numana events welcome people from all ages and backgrounds. The event provides a hands-on project in which almost any age or skill level can participate. It builds unity in a community, facilitates leadership development, and educates people about hunger issues while engaging advocacy. Since our first packaging event in December of 2009, we've packaged over 27 million meals with the help of over 160,000 volunteers nationwide. So far, Numana events have benefited children and families in the United States of America, Haiti, Vietnam, El Salvador, Honduras, Colombia, South Africa, Rwanda, and Liberia. Because of you, we can make a difference. Come on, y'all, give yourself a little round of applause. That's what it looks like. Those are some images and videos from the events that we've done here before, but now you've got another opportunity. I've got three simple requests for you. You're like, Justin, what's that? You ready? Sign up, show up, and pay up. Can I get an amen on that? Sign up, show up, and pay up. Let me give you a little inside information. You know, Simple Church is launched in 2007. We've never passed a chicken bucket, a gold plate, a felt bag, or any kind of offering plate in the Simple Church, and we're not starting today. But what I will do is this. I told them back in 2007, and I tell you today in 2021, the only time I ask for money from anybody on this stage is for one reason, because we give 100% of it away. So I'm asking you to make a $5 donation, a $10 donation, whatever it is, download our app and start signing up and paying for us to be able to raise, are you ready for this? Like $15,000 is what it takes to do that event in one day. And you may be going, I can stroke that check today. Well, then show up big time and let's roll. And then we'll take all that extra money that comes in and continue to feed kids in this community and continue to feed kids around the world. And this is the deal. This is why I need you to sign up, show up, and pay up. It's because we cannot do it without you. This is how you do it. You download the app. You give through the app. You sign up to be a part of it. December 12th, we're going to skate for free. 
you can come and have a family event on that morning. There's no church that morning. Oh, I don't have a song. Get it on the radio. Oh, I don't have a sermon. Yeah, I'm going to do a sermon. You can watch it online as well. I'm going to do a sermon for December 5th when we're out in the Shreveport area working throughout. So you can still watch a sermon, still have some word of God on that part. On December 12th, you'll still have a sermon. You'll still be able to hear a message to encourage you. But I need you to participate. Listen in the car. Download the message and watch on your own. But show up. And serve. And if you can give anything, each dollar, when we combine it all together, you'll be amazed what we're able to accomplish. Now, some of you are going, I just don't know if I can do that. It's going to be tight. You ready for this? More scripture, 2 Corinthians. God is able to make it up to you by giving you everything you need and more so that there will be not only enough for your own needs, but plenty left over to give joyfully to others if you can't enjoy it keep your money if you're mad and you, oh my god he's save it because i don't need it god don't need it either but what i hope is is you'll go man god can make it up to me at five dollars or this little bit of money or whatever it is i'll find some way and here's the thing typically churches like we need it because we're in this program we need it because we're trying to do this i'm telling you i'm making the commitment to you and we have fulfilled this for 14 straight years we don't take offerings for ourselves the only way we do it is to challenge you to give to help someone else that can help themselves. Or maybe in a situation that's in trouble. And as you've seen, Haiti's in trouble. There are kids in this community that are in trouble. So when we give and I ask you to partner, that's why I'm asking you to show up and serve. Because this is what I believe the scripture says. He will meet your needs and you will be able to help other people. But you got to help. There's 300 volunteers needed to make it happen that day. The Shreveport Mudbugs, Scott Musket, all of the players are going to be over there helping us. So we already got a great team there. All of our regular volunteers will be there. But let me tell you what's missing is you. And I would rather you pick people, everybody sign up and we do it quickly and we go, wow, that went faster than ever. And who knows, maybe next year we'll double the size. Scott's already going, hey, let's do it next year and do it twice as big. And I invite all of the Mudbug fans and I'm like, hey, let's push the brakes. Let's get through this year. And then, yes, we can. But it's very easy when we all come together to make it happen. And guess what? why Scott wants to do it with the mud bugs and everybody else? Because he's got a bunch of young players. And in the young players, they got to get that mindset of understanding what's going on, right? It's not about you, cuz. There's things that are happening bigger than you. There's reasons that you need to serve and give back. And imagine if we can teach our youngest kids from the time they are able to understand that all the way through how different the church will look. More importantly, how different the world will look. You have an opportunity, you have power, you have influence. Use it for the sake of the gospel, for the sake of what Christ calls us to. And when you give to him, he promises you he's going to give you way more than you can handle. Operation Christmas Child is just one example. You just had that opportunity. December 5th is another example. You can do it right here in this town with a Rescue Mission and Providence House and Common Ground. You can get your teams involved in that. You can get your life group involved in that. You can get your families involved in that. But here's the deal. I've been here 14 years. Many of you go, I'll sleep in that day. You're only missing it, man. You're only having that opportunity that we're putting out for you. I don't know how to do it. It's available. This is it. So I'm going to answer one other question. Well, Justin, can you give me more specifics? Maybe you're a teacher. And you're like, wait a second. I still don't understand Numana. And how is that going to work? I got it for you. Here is her, our own host from Numana, telling you exactly the way it looks when you get to that table. Because you get an overview. But how exactly do you do it? Watch this. Here at Numana, our mission is to empower you to serve the hungry. And we do just that by facilitating these meal packaging events. You're ready and excited, but you're probably wondering what this looks like. 
Now that's what I'm here for. I'm going to tell you and prepare you of what to expect at your upcoming meal packing event. Once you've arrived at your Numana meal packaging event, you will be assigned to a station. Now at your station, you'll have your very own green shirt leader. They are there to celebrate you, welcome you, and to train you on exactly what you need to be doing. Once you get to your station, you're gonna be teamed up with a group of volunteers to package these meals. The very first thing we're gonna do is get beans, rice, and soy scooped into the meal bag. And last, we're gonna put in a vitamin packet. Once your bag is ready, it will then be handed off to be weighed. Now don't worry, we do have labels on our skills to tell you exactly what measurement that needs to be. Once weighed, you'll hand it to a sealer, get that sealed up, then it'll be handed off to a counter grid. That counter grid requires two meal bags per square, and then those meals will go directly into a new mana box. We will seal it, we will date it, and we will celebrate the meals that you have packaged and that are on their way to serve the hungry. We cannot wait to serve with you. Thank you again for signing up to Package Meals for the Hungry. We are gonna have so much fun. Give it up for New Matter one more time. See, she's already assuming you signed up. She believes in you, so sign up. You can download the app, go to the website. You have to sign up. And let me tell you why. The sooner you do it, the more um, you are likely to have a spot. If it goes quickly, then it goes too quickly, and you may not get your team or your family in. So this is why. Why are we talking about it, you know, the week of Thanksgiving? It's because I know you. You only come to church once a month. I know you. Hey. So when you're here, I want you to understand what's coming so that you can plan for it. The truth is we know that a lot of people's schedules are busy. You're out of town for work. You're out of town with the team. you got all these things going on. But we want to give you the whole schedule. I'm going to put it on the screen for you, not just December 12th, but there is an entire schedule through the month of December that I want you to see. Uh, if you don't mind, Charlie, put it up. It's the green one that has all the dates on it. Now, why am I putting this up? It's because December 5th, that's the $5, five events, five organizations that we're working with that morning. There's no church that day. We're going to have worship night that night, have communion together. We're going to have the uh, uh, s'mores at the end of that. we got the band going to do all of they're going to do that night. So we don't meet that morning, but we will meet that night down at Bojack's. So come out and enjoy an hour of worship, great songs and all that. But it will be about getting you together to work that morning. Then we do the December 12th, no service in here that morning. There will be messages available to download or to watch online, but we want you there in person working and serving. You can skate. You can be with Santa. You can have a whole lot of time. It's feed, serve, and skate, exactly what it says. Then December 19th, we're back here in the convention center with a big, wonderful service. You don't want to miss that. we got something really uh, special planned that day about uh, one. It's got the theme of one, and then Christmas Eve is December 24th. The reason I'm putting it out now is so you can make your plans, get your schedule together, and not miss it. Do not miss it. One last scripture before we get out of here. Mark 13. For you don't know when the master of the household will return in the evening, midnight, before dawn, daybreak. But here's the key. But don't let him find you sleeping when he arrives without warning. What's this talking about? The return of Jesus. So Jesus all of a sudden is going to crack the sky out one day. He's going to come back. He's coming to get his people. And what is he saying? He's like, hey, man, I know how it is. Some of us like sleeping in. Don't let him find you sleeping. How do I know about sleeping in? Because I got teenagers. Can I get an amen? 
This is what they look like right now, okay? They're probably right there. Hit the next picture for me. Boom, that's them right there. The reality is, is that many people don't know exactly about what the scripture says, that one day he said, it's like this. You're kind of sleeping in. You're thinking, that doesn't matter. i got time. I'll figure all this out. But then just like when daddy shows up and I come in and find my kid, I'm like, hey, did you clean your room? And they're like that. I'm like, come on, what are you doing? Let's go. We have things we got to get done. And all of a sudden, oh my gosh, I don't know. I didn't know what was going on, dad. I, I, I didn't know what to do. Have you ever had a teenager say that? You're like, hey man, you need to do this. You need to take the trash out. You need to mow the yard. And then you come home and go, oh, I forgot. I really wasn't. This is the same way Christians are. you just like a teenager. I didn't know what to do. I'm sorry. I was going to, but this came up and Jesus is saying, he's given us these warnings. He's going, no, listen, don't let me find you sleeping. I need you working. I need you serving. Why? Because it's dark. And the darker the times are, the more I need you to shine your light because it matters. And if I come back now, even when it gets more and more challenging and more and more dark, the church should be brighter and brighter and more active than ever. That's why I'm calling you to it. You don't need to sit and listen to another sermon. Although I'll have you on drive and listen to a sermon, but get out of your comfort zone and go help at Common Ground or Providence House on December 5th. Or get out of your comfort zone and come pack a meal with some strangers or with your family and let's feed some people in need. Why? Because Jesus says it matters. He's going to bless you more than you give. He's going to, whether that's time or resources, he's going to take care of you. And more important, when you think about your life, don't say, I didn't know, because when you get to heaven, I'm going to be standing right there with Jesus. I told him, Jesus, I'm telling you. I'm telling you, I told him. And I want you to know. One last thing. Old people, where are my old people at? Good, there's a couple of old people in here. Good, good morning, glad y'all made it. Here's what I know about old people. The older you get, the harder it is to move. Now, can I get an amen on that? And you want to quit. It ain't that you sleep in, you're just like, hey, I did that before. They don't need me. I think I'm going to watch the game that day. Galatians 6, if a man does things to please his sinful old self, his soul will be lost. Don't be trying to think, I'm just going to do my own thing. I ain't got to worry about what Justin said. I'm kind of on. No, but if a man does things to please the Holy Spirit, he will have a life that lasts forever. I mean, you say, man, I got a lot of life left. I got, I want to, okay, let me let's go ahead and go over it. Go back one time. Think about it right now. You keep doing your other thing, and all of a sudden, I'm going to do my own thing. No, you keep living for yourself. He says, I got something for you. So can you put a little sacrifice in there? Can you put a little, hey, let me serve somebody else. Can I put myself second for just a minute and really become a habit of it? Because he said, then I will give you a life that lasts forever. I'm going to bless you back. Then he continues and says, sorry, Charlie. Then it says, do not let yourselves get tired of doing good. See, he's even putting this little challenge on there. It's like, hey, listen, you can live for yourself or you can live for me, but here's the challenge. Don't you get tired of doing the right thing. Where do y'all get the doing good thing from? But if we do not give up, some of you give up coming to church, some of you give up being involved, some of you give up, listen, man, I'm glad you're watching. Come on, we meeting. Come on, we getting back on. You got opportunities to get involved. Let's wake up. Let's go. Because this is the thing. Don't you give up. Don't you give up. Why? Because at the right time, God's going to do something. You're going to get what's coming. Because of this, we should do good to, what's the last word there? This is why I tell you, black, white, Haiti, Rwanda, Cedar Grove, it doesn't matter. North Bossier, South Bossier, Benton, I don't care where you're from. Everyone is everyone. You don't get a pass and go, well, I like my friends. I'm going to do it for the people that I like in my community. 
It's bigger than your community. It's bigger than my community. And if it matters to God, it matters to me. And if it matters to all of us, can you imagine what we can do? I can tell you this, that sometimes I get discouraged and I'm not really sure it's working. I'm not sure we're going to make a difference. And God says, let me prove to you that it matters. In one of my trips to Africa, and I'm going to close with this. I was getting discouraged. We're trying to help people. You're trying to do things, but sometimes people sleep in and sometimes people don't give. And so you're going, God, how are we going to make this happen? Like this event's $15,000 that we'll put on on December 12th. We won't take a penny of that. That goes all to the people uh, that are organizing and paying for the event. 40,000 meals. Oh my gosh. Dude, I am confident God will come through with that. But in the midst of it, we're always worried about this and that. I'm like, God, I'm going to do what you want me to do. I hope it matters. I hope it works out. Well, we're on one of our trips to Rwanda. We had had a new man event, packed a bunch of food, and I'm going, man, God, it was awesome. We had a big crowd. You saw some of the videos. Awesome. But never in my wildest dreams did I think I would see what I got to see. We were going to Rwanda, and Rwanda's remote, dirty roads, long roads. Communities are spread out. There's no power. There's no nothing. Very little running water. That's why they can't grow gardens. People are like, why don't they grow a garden? They ain't got no water, man. I don't know if y'all know it or not, but the world is in a drought. Not just parts of America. The world is in trouble. And so in that, we're trying to figure that out as Christians. And part of the organization, how to figure that out. So as we're driving around, looking at all this with all these other people and figuring out how Christ can be in these communities and what can we do and how can we share Jesus in a Muslim country where many times that's the whole challenge of staying in your comfort zone or getting outside of it. So here we are driving around. The guy looks at us. He goes, hey, man, I need to run a couple other errands just like we do. I need to go to this village. It wasn't on our schedule. We're not supposed to be a part of this time. But do you mind going with me? We're like, hey, dude, we're riding with you, and there ain't no other transportation. Whatever you want to do, we got it. So we start driving and taking this turn. and no, I mean, We're in the middle of nowhere now. And he pulls up, and there's a school in the middle of nowhere. And the guy looks up, and he goes, man, I know it wasn't on our schedule. We weren't supposed to do this, but we picked a perfect time. I'm like, why? He's like, man, they're eating. It's a celebration, just like it is for us. Man, this is a perfect time. You're going to see smiles on the faces of children. They're eating. So then me, I'm walking, I'm like, hey, well, man, what are they eating? He goes, I don't know. Let's go to the kitchen and see. And when I walk into the kitchen, this is what happens. Watch. Hey, Simple Church, what's really cool, uh, you know, we're getting ready. The kids are lining up here to get ready to be fed. Uh, we're talking about new man and the fact you made a difference. And I look behind me, and there's one of our boxes. <laughs> How cool is that, right? So you never know, man. It's pretty cool to see it in action. And now you're fixing to see them. The beautiful children are lining up. Food's ready. It's time to eat. And God was saying in that moment, just like I picked up the hunger poem, our kids had written on Crayola that had faded from shipping all the way from the U.S. to Rwanda. And on a village that we're not supposed to be at, at a time we're not supposed to be there, God says, I'm telling you, it matters, boy. So I could come back and show the video. So I could come back and say, when you're writing on those Numana boxes this year, it's going to matter. You may never see it. I may not get to see when, but I'm going to tell you, Jesus, every once in a while goes, let me tell you, you're going to make a difference. And here's the challenge. You can literally help someone survive this year. You, holiday survival, you can help someone survive. And I need your help to do it. So if you would, would you pray with me about that? God, as I gone over today... This is one of them days that I'm glad I went over, Lord. When they're going to pick up their kids, let them be courteous to our workers and let the workers know how thankful you are that they serve late because typically I don't, but today it matters, Jesus. It matters to you. 
Help me, help us to continue to push far, doing what you called us to do. Help us to get out of our comfort zones, to sign up, to show up, and to pay up. To be involved, not to just sit back and think it's going to happen. God, we need each other, and we need to be a light in this world. Help us, God. Help us to do that. If someone doesn't know you today, Jesus, I pray that they would understand how simple it is that you did all the hard work. You died on the cross. You shed your blood, and you overcame the grave to give us a chance to say we can make it. Our sin's been paid for. There is hope today. God, you have given us what we need through the Holy Spirit. Help us, God, to live for you, to follow you, not just in a one-time prayer, not just in walking an aisle or signing a card, but every day that we wake up, help us to get out of our comfort zone and follow you, wherever that is, as uncomfortable as it may be, to put others in front of ourselves, to be like you. And I pray that as we do that, God, you would draw people to yourself and we get to see that and be a part of that. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Can I get an amen somewhere one time? Come on. As you get ready to walk out of here, download that app and sign up now. When you pick up your kids, you tell them, say, hey, long-winded preacher today, one time in six years, ain't too bad. Tell them that I love them and I'm thankful for them taking care of our kids. I love y'all. And until next week, what do we say? Peace. Thank you.